Hey everyone, it's Jacob Daniel here. How you doing? So, if you haven't already, go watch the last episode, Daniel 3 Podcast, episode 93, to get caught up on what's going on. I am still here with you, Jacob Daniel, um, but the Daniel 3 Podcast is over. Instead, I'm going to focus on the new podcast with the Libertarian Christian Institute, the Biblical Anarchy Podcast, and instead of the Daniel 3 Podcast, I will be uh, resuming my semi-regular appearances on the Mises Caucus Pennsylvania Take Human Action Podcast. So this audio feed will now be purposed for that, so you'll still get to hear from me and still hear me have conversations with other libertarians and whatnot. Uh, or even people who aren't libertarians, just to have conversations that are generally pertaining to the topics of libertarian ideology or uh, politics, current events, things in culture, etc. So this feed will still have episodes and stuff that I hope that you will enjoy and content that I think will bring value to you. This episode that I'm going to give you today is one that I did back in December. And so we're going to be going back through some of the back catalog and working our way up to the current uh, current day episodes that are coming out. The episode will uh, episodes will be coming out weekly once everything gets kind of set up and finalized. But this is a conversation I had back in December with Michael Heiss on the Mises Caucus's new venture, Project Decentralized Revolution. And so we talk about that, talk about the future of the Libertarian Party, and the strategy that we are hoping to implement. So even if politics isn't your main jam, I hope you can understand the uh, value of conversations like this and maybe get some value out of that and, you know, maybe have your mind changed into the utility of political activism because I think that the Mises Caucus strategy is something that is different than what the Libertarian Party of old used to do. It's different than just normal, uh, you know, normal political uh, strategies. It's a unique strategy based on, as the name suggests, decentralized uh, approaches and trying to uh, bolster our presence in the communities. So that's it. I just wanted to give a little introduction. I'll be giving introductions for probably the next, I don't know, four or five episodes just so that regular listeners of the Daniel 3 podcast aren't completely taken aback and they understand what's going on. Um, so again, if you want to keep hearing things like you used to hear on the Daniel 3 podcast, things pertaining to more of that Christian libertarian uh, umbrella, so to speak, uh, you can go check out the new podcast if you haven't already at biblicalanarchypodcast.com or look up Biblical Anarchy Podcast on any of your podcatchers, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. But I do hope that you will continue to stay subscribed here to the Mises Caucus podcast. You'll still hear from me here as well, and I'll dive into topics here that I can't really dive into on the other podcast. So that's it for the little introductions here. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Michael Heiss.
All right, I think we're working now. <laughs> uh, all right, welcome everyone to Take Human Action PA episode 26. Uh, this is uh, Calvin returning with uh, co-hosts Autumn and our prodigal biblical anarchist, Jacob Daniel. How are you both doing? Hey, great. I'm glad to be here, glad to be back. Yeah, it's been a while. We almost forgot about you. <laughs> I couldn't let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. I couldn't go too, too long uh, without having you back. So glad to have you back now. Uh, we do have a special mega stream tonight with a very special guest. Uh, so we'll bring him on because he's got limited time here. Uh, Michael Heiss, how are you doing today? Yo, yeah. I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. So you are just uh, going on uh, talking about the, all the new projects that you've got going on. And that's really exciting. Everything with the uh, Project Decentralized Revolution, uh, Run is You seem excited, Calvin. You seem excited. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I've been like, I've been reading it too much. And now we now we got to get Calvin's into the voice. details of it and tell everybody what it's all about. So, uh, but before we get to that, um, why don't you tell us just in a broad sense uh, what's been going on behind the scenes at the caucus level and the party level since uh, Reno? What's been happening? Gotcha. So yeah, obviously we had a little bit, little bit of success at the at the Reno convention. Um, you know, taking all of the leadership positions, and uh, you know, ever since then we have been very, very hard at work under the hood on a lot of different things. You know, what we what we started with first was kind of just uh, checking ourselves, you know, a little bit and, and, and reassessing ourselves and, and professionalizing a bit as an organization, you know, so we got to work on a lot of like internal documentation, stuff like that, a formal business plan, um, you know, internal documents for our organizers, guidelines, um, you know, moving into professional software, like our CRM, this whole time, we have not been using a CRM, we've been using Google Sheets and duct tape, essentially. Um, so, uh, you know, moving moving into uh, our actual CRM, uh, you know, get these documents ready to go. And then with that, once we got through all of that, uh, kind of developing the next big thing, like what is next for the caucus? Because that was that was the question that everybody had is, all right, you guys took over. So like, what's next? And, you know, it, I always thought it was kind of funny that there was it, like people who had that question to the extent that they did, because we've kind of all, always said what we're going to be doing, you know, and at least to some extent, you know, we always said that, well, it's local level candidates, it's issues, it's, uh, you know, party organizing and, and you know, that's the, the overall strategy. Um, so now it was incumbent upon us to create a campaign to actually scale up everything but the party organizing, which is, you know, what the takeover was. It was recruitment and organizing in the party, creating new county parties, attending, you know, joining committees, becoming leaders within the party uh, and all of this stuff. And, you know, I think that cemented like the fact that we did that and the fact that we um, took over the party, it cemented us is, you know, maybe the second only the second organization in the entire country that has displayed that it, that we have like a nationwide group of engaged, mobilized, organized people, you know, second maybe only to Young Americans for Liberty. So, you know, that really put us on the map. And, you know, while we have this high energy and while we have this uh, buzz with the takeover and, and the attention of the Liberty movement, you know, it's time to, to move on to the next step, the next part of the program. We always said that the takeover was just step one. So, you know, the next step, like I said, is scaling up the local level issues. It's scaling up the issue coalition. So we had to come up with the campaign on what exactly does that look like? How exactly are we going to do that? 
And it's it's from those conversations that uh, Project Decentralized Revolution was born. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. So, uh, yeah, it sounds like uh, with uh, Project Decentralized Revolution, uh, the way we've been talking about it, um, that's that's the big picture. But then there's different aspects of it. So there's the take human action tours and there's run as libertarian uh, with the new websites that you've launched. So uh, why don't you start at the top and uh, with what uh, Project Decentralized Revolution is and break down the different steps for us and uh, how that's going to manifest itself. So. Yeah, man. So Project Decentralized Revolution, one way to think about it is it's almost like our version of Operation Win at the Door, like what y'all has, where they like hyper focus on state house races and they they mobilize people to knock doors and like get those wins. Um, you know, that that's that we took a lot of inspiration from that. Um, so it is two programs that the whole Project Decentralized Revolution thing is two programs. Uh, the first one is the Run as Libertarian campaign. And, you know, we, we launched this about a month and a half ago. And, you know, just off of some emails to our list, we've recruited 140 people uh, to who are running for office already and over 60 people that want to be campaign managers. So, um, you know, that that already blew out our, our goals for what we thought we would have at this point. So, you know, we're recruiting the candidates, but then what? What are we doing with them? Well... The, the Libertarian Party has had a massive dearth of infrastructure for really its entire history. Um, you know, there's not a, a there were some trainings and, and you know, last year they, they the party had started a like regional training program where you can get a certificate and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, there, there's not what you might call a robust training environment, you know, where really where we, where we need to get to is is an environment such that if you're a candidate and you're not trained, it's your fault. You know, like like no excuses. We have to provide so many opportunities that it's their fault if they're not trained. And um, so we're, we're trying to start that operation with uh, Run as Libertarian. So that's runislibertarian.com. And, you know, we'll give you the training no matter what office you're running for. But, you know, we're also going to be blunt with people and say, if you're running for Congress, we don't think you should do that. We don't think that is a, a good idea. Um, you know, you should you should run for city council. You should run for school board. You should run for mayor. Uh, something like that. And, uh, you know, we've had uh, dual training efforts so far. So, you know, we've done two months of live online training with the Leadership Institute. Um, so like very professional training, uh, you know, that has produced a lot of results for other people that have taken it. Um, and uh, also like developing our own internal training program. And this has been spearheaded by Amy Lepore, uh, who uh, was, if some people might recognize that name. She was the tip of the spear in Delaware when they were being like besieged by like like thieves, essentially trying to steal the uh, the state party over there. And so she is now our candidate support director, and she's got a whole team of people under her, you know, helping her to interview these candidates, helping her to organize uh, uh, volunteer efforts. You know, we only added her to the board maybe three months ago, and. Um, in those two months before the midterms, she turned around and got 500 hours of volunteer hours, um, you know, done like phone bankers, uh, people helping with graphics, people helping with, um, uh, you know, interviewing the candidates for endorsement, um, you know, door knocking, all of that stuff. And that's, again, something we want to scale up. So she's also overseeing a team of already elected Mises caucus people who are 
uh, you know, they've already formed their own training modules. So the idea is to kind of not only have Leadership Institute and their their expertise and their experience, but, um, but also to get the community training the community because the community is probably the strongest element of the entire caucus. And I think the thing that, you know, drove us to the success of the takeover to begin with. And it's the thing that we now have to like nurture and foster and grow and, you know, feed the flames of that community to empower it to do as uh, well as possible with these races. So that's that's step one. So mm. you, you mentioned sort of that, you know, now that we've taken over the party that we need to be, you know, focusing on filling up these positions within the party, running candidates and training people to do that. And that there's been some of that in the party in the past, but not really enough, not really a massive concentrated effort to, to make that stuff available. You know, maybe could you provide the people listening just a couple examples of like, you know, lessons or ideas for running an effective campaign that, you know, people haven't really been utilizing in the past that we want to, you know, show people going forward, you know, how to do that better. And then also like once people get into these positions, you know, local uh, city councilor or school board or et cetera, you know, what can they be in a position to do, you know, and, you know, kind of touch on that in terms of the, the strategy that, we want to promote, you know, as, as, as the Mises caucus. Well, I don't want to give too much away in terms of what the lessons are, because I want people to sign up and run as libertarian. Little little sneak preview. (laughs) And when I say training so far, these have been like, all of them have been three hour long training sessions, but like, for example, are people even canvassing like the work that goes into making the decision to run, you know, um, knowing what number of votes they would need to win, uh, how to identify likely voters, you know, how to identify coalition opportunities, how to even gauge how they should run their messaging as a candidate. You know, I don't think most of our candidates are doing surveys, for example, but that's something that we really need. If you're a Republican, you kind of know what your base, you know, wants more or less. And then you kind of smooth things out once you're in the primary to appeal to some moderates in the middle, center left people, you know, things like that. We don't have that built-in base advantage. So we have to do a lot of work to know what people want in our communities. And again, these are like local focused races. The people also need, they can't just come up out of the ether and run for these offices. They need to be going for committee appointments. They need to be engaged in their community. They need to be leaders in their community in the organic sense. And, and you know, somebody that people know and are out there. If you're if you're just some guy who's never run before and you don't have any data and you and you don't know who your base is and you don't know how to message and you're not present in the community, good luck. You know what I mean? Good luck. You gotta. You, there's a lot of prep work that that goes into even being a, a solid candidate. So you know that's that's one thing. But again, these are three hour modules. You know um, each. And uh, so we've had the Leadership Institute for two. Our next one is on the seventh with the Leadership Institute. Uh, Mark Bazzacco, uh, who ran for state house here in Pennsylvania, he hosted the uh, the first kind of in-house training. So, yeah, I mean, we're doing that. We're looking at uh, reaching out to eCanvasser uh, and having them do a training so we can start training people on tools and technology, uh, you know, kind of covering the whole ground. And then I'm sorry, what was the second question? Oh, like what what people can do you know, once they get there and obviously not wanting to give too much away, but just, you know, like I can speak and and I think you can speak too from experience, you know, as like here in Pennsylvania, we both uh, ran and won, uh, you know, got into office, but we were in positions that really didn't 
have any ability to really do anything. And I think like the old strategy <laughs> was just sort of run anywhere and anytime you can and just win. And then, you know, step two is question mark right. and step three is profit. So it's all numbers. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So obviously we have a different idea of like, you know, you can actually do stuff while you're in office. And, and that's obviously, you know, things that we've talked, I think we've been pretty public about things that we want to do, but, you know, maybe emphasize some of the ideas and stuff that, you know, we're going to be, you know, how we're going to be equipping people to actually take human action once they get into those positions. Yeah, I will say, I can say as a uh, now formerly elected uh, libertarian, um, that, yeah, the positions that we were really trying to get people into serve no real purpose. And that's why I resigned. I would actually go as far as to say that they were a detriment uh, for our way spread thin volunteer base. Like if you're yeah. uh, if you're an elections inspector like I was before I resigned, uh, I can't volunteer for our candidates who very desperately need volunteers. You know what I mean? Like and and so where's the value really? You know, and some people might say, well, you know. You, how could you say that? You know, we have all these election integrity problems and, 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 you know, you're an elections inspector. It's like, it's not as glamorous. As it sounds, it's, it's more like, here's your, your form, the machines that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, no. and, uh, um, I had the yeah. same problem as, as a constable. It was like, I'm required to work the polls, but I can't like work the polls as, as a libertarian who's like handing out literature and, and trying to like talk to the people as they're coming in about who they're voting on. I have to be there and like, provide security but i also can't provide security because i didn't spend the five thousand dollars worth of state mandatory training to be able to do so so i just show up there and stand and yeah. do nothing it's just right a complete waste of time right and and you know these were expensive programs that that got people in these seats um so we want to kind of shift away from number padding so that we could say okay we got this number of, of libertarians elected and kind of refocus on what the party was actually designed to do from its founding from people like david nolan which is how do we expand liberty and there's multiple domains of that there's the cultural socio domain there's the political domain you know and and you know we have to cover both of those but to the extent that we are engaged in politics we have to have a realistic like political strategy and the party has never had a strategy. That's, that's a big part of the problem. And I'm, I'm finding out more and more that like how, how integral that is to everything else. Cause if you don't have a political strategy, you can't really have a fundraising strategy. And if you don't have a fundraising strategy to go along with your political strategy, you don't really have a strong recruitment strategy. You know, people join political parties to do political shit. And if you come in and say, well, you know, we're trying to like support candidates and have a Christmas party, uh, you know, it, 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 there's no heft there, you know? So like you have to give them, no, no, no. We want to, we want to run for these races. We think they're winnable for these reasons. We're fundraising for these tools to make it that much more realistic and, and give people concrete, you know? Um, and that's, so that's what we're trying to do. So the types of races that we're recruiting and training for are city council, uh, school board, mayor, judge, sheriff. And these are seats that libertarians can and do win. They do win them, you know, and, and we can win more of them if we're smart about it. Um, you know, it's still hard at certain places, you know, Philadelphia, you might, you know, you're, you're going to need 300 grand if you want to win a city council race in Philly. It's just the reality of it. But there is a lot of places where you can win. And, and I know that there's very good research going on here in Pennsylvania, looking at the vote totals at a lot of these municipal races. And there's a lot of these races that are more, you know, winnable than, than you might think. Like you might need 50 votes or less to get them. 
And so again, what has ever been our pitch to knock registered libertarian doors? If you go like across the country, it's something like less than 10% of registered libertarians are members of the libertarian party. What are we offering them? You know, like what are, what, what are we, what is the plan? So now like, let's say, let's say, uh, I, I have no idea, but uh, Jacob, let's say you happen to find a city council race that's, uh, you know, very winnable. And then the state party were to turn around and say, okay, you are one of 30 or 40 candidates that are in these winnable races. So we need $10,000 so that we can get e-canvasser and that we can get uh, this data that shows not just who the registered libertarians are, but who are the registered libertarians that have voted in three or four of the last four races. And then you can target those doors, knock those doors and tell them what I just said, you know, like we have an actual strategy and I need your vote and I need your help you know, and actually like recruit them. And the whole thing comes full circle at that point when you have the political strategy, which then feeds the, the fundraising strategy, which then uh, forms the basis of a, a recruitment strategy beyond just, well, we've got great ideas, um, even though we do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, I'll just say real quick, it can't be emphasized enough that this is a complete deviation from what the party and any group operating within the party has done up to this point. There's been no semblance of a long-term plan or a consistent strategy that was anything beyond, you know, something that didn't have long-term results other than just like, oh, let's do this because this will somehow lead to party growth. But, so this this is this is a great change, right? We actually have so, a plan, something we can point to and steps to get there. So in that well, sense alone, it's it's a lot of progress. I'm, I'm curious to hear what, what you have to say, Autumn, because, you know, you were a, a candidate in this most recent election. Is this ring true to you or, or, you know, what do you think? Yeah, well, so I think the the effort that's being put forth in the, the latest iteration to make sure that we get enough support people for candidates is big because I, I think one of the things that we suffered from over the past year was the real push to make progress right and and the instinct was how many people can run and let's run them and the really good thing that happened as a result of that is that we've got a lot of people who did double duty as both uh campaign manager and candidate and so from that and me being one of them we've got a lot of people who learned a lot but one of the things that we definitely learned was that it's really tough to be your own campaign manager while running a as a candidate, right? Um, so I really like that there's a focus going on and that we're paying a lot more attention to how many people are, are coming in as support personnel to help get us through. Um, you know, and one of the things that you're touching on about fundraising, I think the most honorable candidates are very likely to also be the kind of people who don't like to ask for money because they're coming in with really honest intentions and and from the libertarian perspective a person with honest intentions knows that your average voter is already being raked over the coals as far as the government asking them for money to so to ask for money as a candidate feels weird right um, yeah exactly yeah yeah i've had to get over it <laughs> yeah no i've heard oh, yeah you you've been it. making a lot of uh donor calls to uh raise money for the latest initiative so uh yeah i'm, I'm curious actually you know what is you've been making a lot of calls lately mike and we've talked a little bit about this behind the scenes but like you know this is something like you like you've mentioned before that the Li libertarian party has never done before and 
you know, as you're reaching out and talking to people about it, like, what are people's reactions? Because, like, I, I, I don't know if people are, like, maybe still a little wary of, like, the libertarian brand because of what it's represented in the past, or if they're able to look past that because, like, they see uh, what we're providing is, like, such a stark difference from that past that maybe it's something that people are actually, like, getting excited about having a chance to get behind and support. So what have those a- interactions been like? I've gotten a lot of support and, and, and kind of what I was saying before of like, you have to have a political strategy and that informs the fundraising strategy like that. That is kind of my observation having done these calls, you know, um, you know, the few people that I've called who haven't donated, you know, they have legitimate reasons. You know what I mean? Maybe it's a health problem or, or maybe they just, you know, got laid off or maybe they're between jobs or something like that. But almost everybody that I've called has given And the general response is, you know, we've been waiting for this infrastructure, you know, like we need this infrastructure and, you know, it's still a humble effort. Like this is our our first year of doing this, but you know, if you like this strategy is something that can very easily scale, right? So like, let's hypothetically say that there's 50 of these positions where we're targeting city councils and stuff like that, that have 50 votes or less. Okay. And then let's say we go out and we bang on half of them or whatever. Okay, year two, proof of concept done. We're going up to 150 votes. And you just keep scaling in, in, in the levels of realism that that the base you have built makes possible. You know, maybe 300 votes couldn't be done right now. But two years from now, when we have 60 people who are elected to city council who are doing, you know, gun, gun sanctuaries, weed legalization, shroom decriminalization, uh, surveillance state technology bans, all this stuff – like, you know, and, and we're actually changing communities. And then you get this like word of mouth effect going on, like, and you get the network effect essentially. And, and I, I'm really big on this concept of brand trust because you always have less brand trust than you have brand recognition. And right now we don't even have much brand recognition. So we have to provide that, like, we have to give reasons that people are reasons to trust us. Now, the unfortunate part about that is that it means us as libertarians, like, the amount of work per person that we're required to do is going to be way higher than the Republicans because they, or the Democrats, because they basically just have this built-in base and, you know, they have their friends and okay, we nominated this person. We know that we have, you know, six figure uh, 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 registered Republicans that will go out for the vote. We don't get that luxury, you know? So we have to really work on the margins and really find and exploit the gaps you know, which is why I was always a big proponent of, of uh, you know, going to city council and working issue coalitions, because, again, it's all about trust. Why, if you're a Republican or a Democrat, seriously, why should you trust us? Even if you agree with like with this position or that position, why should you trust us? Why would you trust us more than your in-group? Why would you suffer the social ostracization from from leaving your in-group to trust us? There's not much of a reason. So it's incumbent upon us to create that reason. So like, you have to go out and, and say, you know, if you live in a red town, I've said this a million times, but if you live in a red town and you have a bunch of conservatives, but they don't have a gun sanctuary, well, what the frig is those politicians problems? You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and we can be the people who come in waving the legislation saying, no, I actually give a shit about this. These people just pretend to give a shit about this. And, and you just, and, and count on you just going and voting against the other side. Like it's time to stop this, you know, like, and so that's the kind of stuff where if we come in and exploit those gaps, it starts to build up the trust. Then we can have the conversations from a place of trust. Because right now we're not in the in-group and and there's no reason to trust us, even though our ideas are legit. 
Right. And I think the next part of the uh, decentralized revolution is going to help with that. So I wanted to make sure to give you a chance to expand upon the. Uh, yeah. So uh, you're talking about part one. Tours. Yeah. Right. So that's that's so, the that's the uh, that's the crux of it, I think, because uh, that's going <laughs> to allow a lot of the candidates to capitalize on some of the experience they've gained and, uh, you know, take it to the next level. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the pilot event, how that came about, how it turned out, and then what you're doing with it next. Gotcha. So the pilot event was, uh, we did call it the Take Human Action Tour. This was uh, something we did last year, 2021, down in uh, Fairfax, Virginia, right by George Mason University uh, at a hotel down there. And, you know, we had Maj Torre out, we had uh, Tom Woods out, we had uh, Daniel McAdams from the Ron Paul Institute out. Uh, we had Patrick Newman from the Mises Institute out and, you know, brought a whole bunch of people together and and just had an, a, a, a speaking event and a social. And, you know, we had about 300 people there. And we as the caucus, you know, across the country, we have a very rich history of having well-attended uh, well attended events. I mean, we had that event in Pittsburgh last year. And that had like 450 people at it. And it was just like a totally electric atmosphere. And and the, I had mentioned earlier about how important the community element is within the Libertarian Party. And, and I think that that has been missing from the party for a long time. And it's something that we as a caucus have that the party has lacked. And I think it's the main thing that sets us apart from kind of the rest of the party and something that we need to um, inculcate within the party. So hmm. having a community is the thing that keeps people together and keeps people motivated even when they lose. It, it, it's the thing that keeps people together. It's the bonds that we make in the trenches, you know, and, and, and it, it almost like, uh, like trauma bonds us, you know, like, like all, oh, yeah. all of this, like, <laughs> We've been all, there. yeah, all of this ballot access bullshit and all of this media attack bullshit. Like it, 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 it but it really does. It like bonds us together. And this is the thing that characterized the Ron Paul movement. This is the thing that made it so special. This is the thing that's so absent, that's starkly absent for anybody that was a part of the Ron Paul thing that is not part of the party. The problem is, is nowadays, like I'm only 33 years old and I'm like the old grizzled veteran. There's a lot of young people who 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 were not a part of the Ron Paul like thing. They don't know what it's like to have a healthy, strong, vibrant, scary community. You know, that and the, like that the mainstream media is scared to death of us and like blacking us out and all this stuff. And and then we have to like rise above that. And we have a night where everybody across the fucking country goes out and puts signs outside because that's how hard we believe in this shit. You know what I mean? Like, like we don't have that. You know what I mean? Only only the only people who understand that are like right now are the people who experience the Ron Paul thing. And so like we we have to inculcate that kind of enthusiasm as a community, only it can't just be around any one person. Uh, it has to be a decentralized revolution that uh, that sticks around in the long term and is, is kind of humble and honest about what its intentions are. Now, why this is like a rant when I, I didn't answer the uh, event thing yet. That's to say, this is what the events are about. It's all about community building and bringing people together and kind of infecting people with that energy and with that community feeling. And I really think that that's the thing that gets people to buy in. Um, yeah. You know, so the idea is we it's an, a proposed eight city tour uh, across the country. 
And, you know, we bring out all the stars of the movement. Now, different events are going to have different people, but we're talking Tom Woods. We're talking Dave Smith. We're talking Jeff Dice. We're talking, you know, Patrick Newman and uh, Jonathan Newman and Gene Epstein and and all these different scholars and economists from the Mises Institute. We're talking Maj Touré. We're talking Michael Rechtenwald. You know, Michael Rechtenwald is awesome. He's like the libertarian version of James Lindsay, you know, like, and, and like that hit, like he has a, a, uh, probably the most pronounced focus on the technocracy in the movement, as well as like the most robust knowledge of the history of postmodernism and like all of these, I, the history of all of these ideas that we call wokeism. You know what I mean? Uh, Michael Bolden and Mike Meharry from the 10th Amendment Center. Uh, I think we got uh, Murray Sabrin. He's another, this is a guy who has started his own endowment at uh, Ramapo College in, in New Jersey has been around in our movement for 50 years, multiple time eth, uh, uh, author, new Murray Rothbard, you know? And and so like bringing all of the stars, all the people that inspired us to, to, to care about these ideas and have them, bring, uh, have them bring us together in these events and let the community effect take hold, talk about our favorite topics of, you know, political decentralization, war and peace, uh, uh, Austrian economics, you know, all of that stuff. But then couple that with candidate training. Like give people the opportunity to say, okay, you know what? This shit's pretty cool. Um, you know, I, I'm down, you know, and, and offer candidate training. And, you know, if we can average, the hope for us is that we can average about 250 people per event. And, you know, that that's a relative thing. You know, I don't think all of them, like is our Oklahoma City event going to have the most people? Probably not, you know, but, um, but there's going to be some that get over 300. Like there was at our PA event where there was 450. You know, there was a, a an event with like uh, almost 350 in Texas earlier this year. You know, like there's you look at the convention between the delegates and, and the alternates. We had about a thousand people in Reno who spent uh, like money, took time away from their families. And then for every person that was at Reno, there was 10 people at the state convention that voted for them to be there. And then for every one of those people, there was somebody who was like, oh, shit, I have work that weekend. I can't make it. You know, like and and. So like there is legitimately a, a strong community around the country that we have built up that is not present anywhere else in the in the liberty movement. And it's important and it's worth fighting for. So like that's yeah. that is what the um, that is what the tour is about is bringing all these people together, getting people amped up on the ideas, amped up enough to where it's like, you know what, I'm going to take responsibility for my community. And I'm going to nullify these bastards. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and that's. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, so, you mentioned you mentioned getting people to to buy in, and, and you know it's funny that that's exactly what the uh, the Pittsburgh event is really what got me to like fully buy in. Because up until like before then, like you and I met like at the 2019 PA convention, because because Luke dragged me there, and I remember even going, "What the, f-? you know, what is this? <laughs> what have you got me like, into? <laughs> like this is this is such a waste of freaking time." After, <laughs> after after the 2021 convention, when that like convention was so hard. But like as hard as that uh, that weekend was, like on the LP side, th- those two nights uh, with uh, Dave Smith and then Jeff Deist, like man, like that was so um, in- invigorating. And like I-, I don't think I've, like other than really profound religious re- religious experiences that I've had, I've never been in a room with that kind of energy. Um, and, and and you know, there's that saying that like preaching to the choir. Um, is some people view it as a waste of time but you know what like the choir needs preached to like people need to be encouraged and people need to be like 
you know, inspired to like, you know, like you were mentioning when, when we go through rough times and we've been through rough times and we're going to go through rough times again, like we got to get stuff that, that gets us pumped to keep doing that grind. And so I think these events are like, like if, if no one's, if you haven't been to one of them, like you have to, to go to them because I, I there's really not much like them and they really get you pumped up to, to, to get involved, get plugged in and do the work. Yeah. And, and this kind of thing just doesn't happen in the party. You never see an, uh, an LP no. event where there's 400 plus people. It just doesn't right. happen. Um, sure, and, convention, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and like the, like you'd said, the energy in that room, like that had me chomping on that gum. Like I was on Coke and I wasn't, <laughs> I was just like, Holy shit. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's, it's important. So like, you know, we've got we've got the cities picked out right now. We're in the part of the process for the tour where, like, we have the cities picked out. We've hit up multiple uh, uh, hotels in each of the cities and like we're telling them what we need. We're getting the bids back and we're starting to like line that up. But we've got the the the, the cities lined up. We've got the speakers lined up. It's going to be New York, Chicago, Knoxville, Austin, Texas, Berkeley, California, Denver, Colorado, Indianapolis, uh, Indianapolis, and uh, uh, Oklahoma City. Yeah. And where can we find the dates for that so people can mark their calendars? So the dates are not up yet, but they will be coming soon. Um, okay. the, 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 right now, the preliminary information is on decentralizedrevolution.com. But like I said, we're still locking things in, you know, want to make sure that the venues have the date and, you know, all of that stuff. So I don't want to, you know, we, we, we have them down and we have commitments for them. It's just the hotels right now. All right. I'll drop it in the chat just so people can save it. And I think Mike has to wrap up soon, I suspect, right? Am I am I on target with your timing? Yeah, I, I could probably do another like five minutes or so. Yeah, let me so I think I've got a good a good point for us to end on. And I'll give some perspective about how relatively new I am to the movement. My first, aside from a couple of county affiliate meetings, my first in-person event with the party was Friday night at Williamsport at or William yeah, Williamsport at the state convention in 2022 with Tom Woods and Dave Smith uh, doing their Friday night thing. And that was really inspirational to me. And relatively speaking, that was nothing. That was a drop in the bucket. Um, So from that perspective that I'm bringing to the table, I see in a different light, the, the integration of the Mises caucus, um, you know, dominance of the party at this point. I wasn't here for all the time of the buildup and all the conflict. And I'm thinking, I, I see a lot of really good things happening with people who are not Mises who are still with the party. And I'm wondering if there's anything that you wanna, I, th- I think it's a really good opportunity to, to speak to those people or maybe even the people sitting on the sidelines lines who are waiting to see how things play out. Cause I think, I think we've got really good partnerships building and some of them I'm seeing coming out with great ideas and feeling unleashed. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing is, and I think there's now ample opportunity for them to realize this or engage with this. But the, the truth of the matter is, is that while yes, we want to recruit people and we want people in the caucus and all of that, at the end of the day, what we really want is for people just to be honest and decent and, and, and work like to be able to work together. The reality is, is that, you know, during the takeover phase of things, there was a lot of people who they did not share that sentiment. They were, and in some cases are still willing to burn the party down. They were willing to 
um, perhaps steal data. They were willing to use member money to send hit pieces out in our newspapers. Like, and you know, that was never what we set out to do. Um, but we kind of had to fight that fight. And if you were on, if you were like a neutral party, you know, I've always used this analogy of like, you know, if you're in a grocery store and you're shopping and a gunfight breaks off in the moment, who shot first isn't really on your mind. You know what I mean? You're like, what's on your mind? I got to get the fuck out of here. Um, and um, however, libertarian theory dictates that who shot first is everything that matters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and so, but when you're in the heat of the moment, you're just in a gunfight and you're just trying to keep your head down. And, and so now the smoke is clearing and I think they can like kind of make their own judgments and, and see, you know, hopefully see the, the, the value of what we are trying to do. You know, I don't know of any time in history in the part of the party where there was like a long term focus campaign to build up the, the community and the infrastructure of the party the way that we're proposing. You know, um, I personally make calls across the aisle more than anybody will ever know. Um, and, and you know, I do my best to, to kind of offer people uh positions where they fit best or or how we can work together okay well maybe you're not with us on here but you know you do think that membership is the primary metric of success so like can we work together on that you know kind of thing and you know that's what we have to do and again just like it's incumbent upon libertarians to go to like city council and be the bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Catalyst on, on uh, the issues or whatever. It's incumbent upon us as Mises Caucus people to cross the aisle to these people and extend our hands now that the smoke is clear because as far as these people can tell like this like tasmanian devil just rolled through the party and like caused a war you know what i mean i don't believe that that's how it's happened in fact i know that's not how it happened but i'm just saying like perceptually you know so it's incumbent upon us to say no no, no. like this is what we want to do we want you involved okay even if you don't want to be involved where is something that best suits you like, how do we best suit your skill sets or, or your focuses and stuff like that? We have to be magnanimous, essentially. And that's that's a responsibility of ours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100 percent. And uh, with these initiatives that we're launching, uh, I think the people that are able to come to one of these events or attend one of these trainings, they're going to immediately see how far we've come. And I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I hope to go to the New York one. Um, and I'm looking forward to the PA convention as well. Uh, we'll get into detail on that in the second half of the show. Uh, but Jacob, did you have anything else you wanted to add before we wrap? Um, no, I don't think so. The only thing, you know, when Autumn brought, I was just thinking when Autumn brought up the, uh, the Friday night at the last PA convention with Tom and Dave, I was, 
it was reminding me my favorite part of that night was they spent five minutes arguing about which one of them was the better messenger. <laughs> yeah. so i was thinking back to that it's it, that was i mean i don't i don't know still an open debate yeah yeah right <laughs> yeah yeah oh man that, that would be quite a debate but yeah i just i just say to everyone like you really should uh like any of you make an effort to attend one of the in-person events or whether that be one of the taking action tours the pa convention the next national convention or preferably all of the above because <laughs> you're you'll it'll just be an experience you won't forget you'll meet lots of cool people uh uh will be at a lot of them ourselves and so you get to meet us and hang out with uh lots of cool libertarians and uh meet, you know meet some interesting speakers and learn a lot of good stuff in the process absolutely so the uh project decentralized revolution.com uh, where you can see the overview of the whole strategy uh, and and kind of see the details that we do have up about the tour right now. Um, you know, if you are as hyped up as I am about running for city council and taking responsibility for your own community, like we have to do, that's what must be done here. Um, you know, run as libertarian.com, sign up, get the trainings and, uh, you know, run for city council, run for mayor, run for school board, um, you know, take charge of your community. And, uh, you know, if you want to uh, donate, you can go to takehumanaction.com and hit the donate button there. Help us get these tours underway. Help us get us booked up and, uh, you know, get through the whole thing. Right. So run as libertarian is for candidates looking and ca campaign managers looking for the trainings. And then Project Decentralized Revolution right now shows the Take Human Action tour of cities and gives an overview for that. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. All right, so I posted all of those in the comments, uh, and uh, I think that's about it then. So, Autumn, uh, do you have anything to add since you just got back? Yeah, so sorry. Rookie move. I let my battery die. <laughs> um, no, I think it's great. I think um, I'm really excited. I've got to say, for anyone who's not really involved in the party, the whole conversation this whole year has been all about about how we can improve every step of the way every little surprise we've had we've talked about how we can integrate okay doing it better next time and so that's um you know a really great attitude that's being brought to the table that i think again if you're not right up there or on any boards or really involved to know know that that that's how we're working it's great it's great so far I'm really proud to be a part of it. And especially since I got on so late and I missed so much of the pain. <laughs> right. And well, you're, you're still going to get to experience the ride along with us of seeing the party grow. And I think that'll be more evident over the next year uh, from the candidate side, which you've done a lot with and uh, on the, in, and even inside the party that Jacob and I have been doing a lot on where we'll notice improvements across the board and I'm looking forward to it. So, I've already done it. I mean, mm -hmm. like my, my, Mike, like I told Mike the other day, like my county has been growing and I haven't even been putting the work in people just been like, <laughs> like, you know, noticing the change in the culture and noticing yeah. that the, the LP is standing for something now. And they're just, people are just coming. Like they're, yeah, my they're, county they, as well. There is such a demand for what we're selling. People have just been waiting for us to sell it. Well, hell yeah, guys. Yeah, thanks, yeah, yeah, thanks, thanks again, on, Mike. Mike. Really appreciate it. Take you in action, fellas and lady. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night. Good night. <laughs>
Okay, so now we're going to transition to the second half of the show, and we'll talk about uh, stuff that's going on specifically in Pennsylvania. Uh, Rob Coburn has not joined us yet, so uh, we'll wait for him uh, to talk about some of the stuff uh, related to the LPPA and the convention, if he's able to join us later on. Uh, but for now, as uh, teased, I want to uh, drop the uh, announced uh, call to human action, which is uh, a separate initiative from everything that Mike just talked about. Um, it's Pennsylvania specific, and we are uh, mobile. We're looking to mobilize the caucus members that we have here because um, I don't have an exact ranking, but I'm pretty sure that uh, Pennsylvania, in terms of the number of members of the caucus, has got to be at least top five, maybe three or four in terms of the number of people in the caucus in a single state. So we're definitely high up there. We've got several hundred people at least uh, on our on our membership list. So uh, we're tr now, now that we have this organizer team of almost 15 people, we've been able to do so much more. Um, like Autumn, I'll, I'll defer to you for a minute. Maybe you can tell us uh, some of the highlights from this past year that we've been able to do in terms of like on the election side, like uh, what what are some of the uh, some of the biggest uh, takeaways for, that we've been able of what we've been able to accomplish this past year on the candidate side? Well, um, you know what, I'll I'll since we put it a little more um, we're a little more kind about the matter when we put it in writing, so I'll just say it straightforward. Up until this year, I think it's been a pretty common trend that the LPPA has been paying petitioners to help collect signatures, right? So when we talk about this accomplishment, I see us putting it, and, and I think it's the classy thing to do. So hold on, let me take a sip of my wine while I drop the <laughs> right? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> but so we're, we're saying it's the first year that we've gotten all of our ballot access petition signatures on a fully volunteer basis. And when we say that, what we mean is all the other years, the party was actually spending money to pay people to do that. So not only, so this now, now it makes a little more significant the next thing, which is what we typically list as the first bullet point that we <laughs> ran the most candidates for, for uh, what, in 25 years. We've got the, the highest number. I think if you go back 22 years ago, it was the same number of candidates, right? And, it, and you go back a few more years. But uh, the point is that we accomplished that for the first time without paying people to help us do it. We did it totally ourselves. And that's a big deal. Um, I think there were a lot of people like you who were running running their own campaigns and trying to volunteer and help other people to you know, run, run campaigns too. It was, I mean, yeah. it, it, it's, it's like when you were, what we accomplished is like, uh, doesn't really represent how much of a struggle it really felt during yeah. the time we were doing it. Cause I think for a lot of us, it was just like, this is, this is such a chaotic mess. How are we going to cross that finish line? And, you know, and, and obviously we, we didn't, not that like we won, but like we, we made noise and got, uh, a lot of people to show out and vote libertarian and that's that's not nothing i mean yeah. for especially for what we where we started from yeah yeah we had no we had candidates we had candidates who 
even acknowledge that they weren't running a super serious campaign because it was kind of a practice run that got more than 20% of the vote. Yeah. Right. That's a really strong <laughs> message. Yeah. It, it's a strong showing for sure. Uh, and especially for someone like uh, me and, and Mike, uh, we've been in the party since, oh gosh, at least 2017 now. So compared to that, like when we joined, there might've been like, oof, I don't want to like undersell it too much, but you might've had like 50 to a hundred people attending a convention at most. And then like of the active members outside of just attending a convention, you might have had 20 to 30, something, oh, wow. something crazy like that at that point. And now we're, you know, like Mike was saying, we got up to what, like 450 or something in our last convention. And this is just for Pennsylvania. Right. <laughs> so, you know, just uh, our membership rosters have really been going up too. Um, like we, I mean, the caucus didn't exist. So we have like, I don't know, five or six times more caucus members now than we did have people going to that one state convention <laughs> just yeah. a couple years ago. Yeah. So yeah, it can't be overstated that we're making a lot of progress. And, you know, we've, we've been making some progress on the issue coalition side too. Like Mike was able to get, uh, you know, shrooms decriminalized in Norristown uh, with just himself showing up to the city council meetings. And we've been able to basically take what he did is apply it as a template to other areas. Um, but we really want to take it to the next level. And that's our goal for 2023. Um, we want to take a lot of these things that we've been doing and ramp it up. So that's where the call to human action comes in. So uh, everybody in Pennsylvania will be contacted shortly about uh, the effort that we're doing. So we're going to be uh, sending out a form that everyone uh, can take a look at, and it'll give all the details about the upcoming uh, state convention. I'll give a little teasers for that at the end, because we're going to have some some good speakers for that. Uh, it'll talk about the national convention, and then it'll also talk about ways that you can get involved with the caucus and the state party right now, uh, both of which are looking to uh, expand their operations uh, going forward, because in 2023, we have a big opportunity that we did not have in 2022. That's when we can, on the candidate side, run for um, what Mike often says are positions with teeth, like those city council races, uh, the mayor races, everything like that. That's that's what is up for election in 2023 that we could not run for in 2022. So if there's ever time to put the decentralized revolution in action this is it this this is our chance so we're looking to get all hands on deck for this so uh, do either one of you have anything to add before i go into specifics um, <laughs> <laughs> i you know i think i think what just really know that one of the big lessons we learned because we were okay. really flying by the seat of our pants we weren't left with any legacy advice about anything um, you know, aside from training from Kara Schultz, but nothing local, right? Uh, is that we've we've definitely got a better grasp on how important it is and how how useful even the slightest little bit of support efforts are, and how we can take even even people who just want to do a little something and and add them in to help a candidate. So like, 
if you if you're if you've made it this far and you're still listening if you have the slightest little skill and you think you want to just put in a couple hours to help i will bet we can put you in the right direction yeah well that that's a good way to start on it so uh basically if you sign up then either um autumn myself jacob uh, and we have a bunch of other organizers who are oh, ready to work with you uh jamie bj regina we're all uh we're all ready and raring to help everybody fit into a into uh into a, something that fits well for them uh, regardless of you know how much time you can actually put in or what skills or lack of skills you think you might have you might be surprised at the kind of things that uh we're looking to do like we're looking to um expand the podcast for instance we're trying to get it into uh podcast form we're trying to get some clips of certain parts of episodes out um everything from something like that to helping to organize rallies like there's an upcoming anti-war rally in um dc that's coming up uh and regina's working on that now uh but the more people we can have uh doing logistics for that, the better, the more people we have uh, working on campaigns and running for office, uh, the more positions with teeth we can get uh, by uh, November of 2023. So there's a lot of goals that we're looking to accomplish and that's what we're trying to do. So any, anything else before I, uh, I'll, I'll share my screen in a minute here and I'll, I'll go over some of the details real quick. I won't like read through it line by line, but just to give people an idea. No, I don't have anything to add. We can we can move on. Okay. So this will all be uh, linked in the form. So you don't have to read it too carefully here. But uh, uh, I'll just give a brief idea. So let's see. Uh, well, while I'm getting this up, um, uh, Jacob, what are your, your goals uh, going into... 2023. Uh, what, what are you looking to accomplish both uh, in terms of uh, what you're looking to do and what you think uh, that we as a caucus and a party can achieve in 2023? Yeah, well, you know, it's it's been a bit of a journey. And when I first got involved, everything was sort of like state and national, right? Because we wanted to take over the state party or to take over the national party to to make the changes there that we wanted to make. And you know, now I think we're all shifting to local action, which has always been the plan. It's always been the focus of the Mises Caucus in terms of our vision. And, you know, so I'm the chair of York County. So first and foremost, um, you know, I got like a bunch of people like, you know, young guys who are raw and fresh and, you know, uh, you know, young, bright libertarians that uh, I want to get them active, want to get them plugged in, you know, whether it's writing newsletters, whether whether it's uh, engaging on social media, whether it's uh, going out and doing door knocking or organizing events in the community and whatnot. Um, you know, I want to, you know, the our county party has grown and I want to get those people active and, you know, make our county a, a, a vibrant part of of the, the broader party apparatus. And, you know, on the caucus level as an organizer, I want to continue to, you know, as as people learn about the caucus and learn about the party and are interested, you know, keep pointing them and funneling them to the right spots. And, um, you know, really excited to 
be back here tonight on the podcast and hopefully I can continue to uh, work with all of you to, to push that message out there so that we can, you know, I mean, hopefully the podcast will reach some new people as well and bring them in and also help to motivate and inform um, our current membership so that they can, you know, continue to find ways to be motivated and, and get plugged in. All right. Well said. So with that, I will I'll open this up to give people an idea of what we're looking to do. So, all right. So here's our form. Uh, so uh, like I said, we'll be reaching out to everyone to uh, just follow up and see how you all are doing and try to get an idea of uh, what you, what you can do to help us achieve these goals and to uh, be a part of the larger decentralized revolution that we're trying to work on here. So we have information here, like you can find the dates for the LPPA annual convention that will be in uh, Reading, Pennsylvania at the Doubletree. Um, and then the national convention this year is real close by. It's in 2024, so it's a little while off. Um, May 24th through 26th in Washington, D.C. Uh, but you can mark your calendar down. That's closer than it normally is. <laughs> so we're lucky in that sense. And then um, if, if you're interested in running for office, uh, you can put that down here as well. And we can get in touch with you and answer any questions you might have about that. And aside from running for office, there's various other opportunities uh, we're looking for. Uh, region organizers to help with uh, some like coordinate some of the events that we're looking to do um, people to join the podcast like you mentioned earlier um, there's like there's a bunch of different ways right now and there's there's accompanying descriptions that I, I won't go into at the moment but um, it'll it'll all be explained um, a little bit more once we reach out to you and there's also some uh, at the state party level, there are some areas where they're looking for additional support as well uh, to help with county affiliates and issue coalitions and and things along those lines, which is also explained on a separate spreadsheet there. So we'll be going over that and the links for all, everything can be found down here. So here's the volunteer uh, opportunities for the caucus. Uh, and then there's some volunteer opportunities for the uh, state party down here as well. So uh, either one of you have any comments before I uh, navigate off of this? Um, you know, I mean, is it fair also, Calvin, to mention that, uh, you know, we had, with the accomplishments of the Mises Caucus took a lot of, uh, uh, resulted a lot of attrition, like people moving into new roles, right? So, yes. um, you know, Honestly, I mean, if anybody is listening or watching this podcast and and feels like you've not been connected enough after being, you know, brought into the organization over the past year, especially like know that we've been really working double time, triple time, people doing three, four different new jobs, trying to keep things on 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 task. And if you yeah. feel like that you've not been, you know, properly connected since joining us, like let me just say right now, I'm super sorry. We are really trying our best. And that's another opportunity we're looking to accomplish here with this is resetting with anyone who might be like, I don't even know that it, maybe, maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe there isn't anyone, but I feel like there's gotta be somebody who got lost in the shuffle 
just because maybe messages didn't get through to your local affiliate that you were new and you were here and um please forgive us if that's the case for anybody i'm sure it is for somebody out there no i mean that that's well said and that that's an excellent point because i mean i i know it's the case for for me on a certain level but you know particularly for you autumn i know you've been doing a lot and jacob uh with uh you know helping us out here and being an organizer and you know uh running a county affiliate right now we've we're all wearing a lot of different hats at the moment um so we're starting to get the people for it right yeah it gives us good experience but it also means that we can't focus on certain areas that we might be good at as much as we might want to yeah yeah and that i think that's the point we we have the point where like okay we're finally proficient at a few things and we're looking back and going like oh gosh it could have been a little better and so that's a little bit i mean i know that's not the primary motive of of the um survey but that's one of the things that i'm looking forward to following up on is is making sure that anybody who's not quite involved to the level that they want to be yeah so I'll, I'll i'll just cap it off by saying like with our call to human action initiative um it'll pair well with the decentralized uh revolution that uh and well specifically the project decentralized revolution that mike was talking about because in order to pull off the kind of campaigns that he's talking about and making sure we have like the manpower and the resources to do it uh we're going to need as many people aboard as we can we can get as many people helping as we can get and that's what the goal of the call to human action is on our part on the part of the pa team uh to try to bring people in and get us ready for 2023 and our projects that we're going to be working on so any any final thoughts before i uh, do some teasers on the state convention good jacob Okay, so uh, I will pull up my notes here. Let's see. Okay, so Pennsylvania State Convention, as we've been saying, uh, March 3rd through 5th, which is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of 2023, will be at the Daltria Hotel in uh, Reading, Pennsylvania. So uh that that's going to be we expect to be even bigger than the convention that we had this past year which had around 450 people so we, we expect there's going to be a lot of people pennsylvania is already one of the uh largest state parties not just in terms of members of the caucus but you know members and active members of the party as a whole um we've had I'm trying to remember. I think we've had Dave Smith there for the past two years, and I don't know if any other state can say that. Um, maybe like one or two, but not 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 that many. Uh, we had Tom Woods last year too. Uh, that was a really there good time. There are some perks to sharing a state with the chair of the caucus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there certainly there certainly are. So, um, and I got confirmation that I, I wasn't able to say it for a while, but I am finally able to reveal who the confirmed speakers are for oh, the convention. So are you nice. ready for this? You ready, you ready? Okay. So uh, the confirmed speakers so far are uh, Shane Hazel from the oh, Georgia nice. Senate awesome. and uh, most recently gubernatorial race. Uh, so he's, awesome. he's big on uh, 
Bitcoin. He's a very good speaker overall. We're very excited to have him. Um, and then our homeboy, Maj Ture, he will be there as well. Excellent. Um, Maj was my favorite speech in Reno. Yeah. That, I mean, I've known him for a I have couple years and speech. not even caught me <laughs> off guard, I'll admit. Everyone talks about that speech and I like... I need to find a recording of it. I've not, I've not heard it. Yet. It's on the, the Mises Caucus main channel. You got to find it there. Yeah, and everyone it. in my family listens to it, and I don't. I it's don't. It's very telling, uh, or telling in terms of the some of the predictions that it. I I don't know if it's a prediction, but I I think once you see it, you'll know what we're talking about when, you know, we say at least some of it. What he was describing came to pass, and I. But I think. It, it still made people think. I, I can't go into it because I don't know that would take the whole rest of the episode. But um, so anyway, he's going to come and maybe stump us again. Um, and then the last guest that I can announce right now is once again, Dave Smith. Yay. <laughs> so he will be there as well. So uh, um, I'm not, well, I don't know how much I can say about this either, but we might have a, you know, potential future presidential ticket there <laughs> you never know uh, with the, with the yeah. two of them around you know i'll tell you what's funny as as much as dave smith's popularity outranks maj i'm more excited to see maj no i mean i think he's earned it like he, yeah. he had an amazing speech and you know I've, I've known him going at least back to the city council campaign he did in 2019 that's, and that that's like, a bit of I, a I, bit of like a a little bit of justice, you know what I mean? Considering some of the uh, history, troubled history Maj has had with the party and uh, speaking. Yeah, that's it, true so. too. Because <laughs> I mean, it wasn't it wasn't exactly his fault. <laughs> um, what I mean by that is like there was kind of a the final nail in the coffin on the divide in the Pennsylvania party several years back. Mm -hmm. You know, it started because of him, like just something that he did that they took issue with that we wouldn't. So it's not like he caused a divide directly, but it was something that he did that was the final nail in the coffin. That Line in the sands, right? Yeah, yeah that, that's a, I can't get into the details because that's too, that's too long of a story. It sounds but like- if, any, if anyone catches me at convention that ask me about it and I'll tell you. <laughs> I've only heard uh, it secondhand, but I, I've heard it told many times. I, I, I saw it unfold in real time, so it was pretty crazy. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, I got it in the middle of it a, t a few times too. But <laughs> that's another another story. You're always getting so, into trouble, yeah. Calvin. I don't understand about you. <laughs> I'm, I'm always in the center of trouble. I just <laughs> usually don't cause it. <laughs> usually. Uh. Anyway, so. Any to finish the teaser, early bird tickets will be available soon. The website uh, will be launched imminently and package prices will be lower than they have been the past few years. So take that inflation. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so and that, if money's super tight for you, you can still participate because it's no charge to participate in business. In yeah. Business. So libertarians aren't impacted inflation. And if you still uh, can't, uh, if you choose not to buy a package, I should say, then you can still participate in the convention business for free. Um, and one other little factoid that I learned is the the double tree in question, the one in mm -hmm. Reading, is actually the highest rated double tree in the United States. Ooh, oh, wow. I had no idea. 
Yeah, so there you go. Um, and then uh, I also have here that um, some of, I'll, I'll say some of the perks of the uh, packages that you can get if you do buy them. So the lower packages will get you uh, certain meals and the speakers, uh, some combination thereof. I don't have the exact details on which package gets you what, but I can say with the gold package, uh, it includes a special cocktail hour, a head shoot studio, good for uh, anyone who's looking to be a candidate, uh, a photo booth, and then you, uh, you also can get a special convention coin. They're having those made. Uh, and you get express credentialing at the convention as well as uh, bar service. I know that we're working on special nights too, like a ladies' night. And um, yeah. being in the conversation about setting up the ladies' night, it could involve things like craftiness. If that's your your jam, we'll have a little craft corner. Um, I might bring my cricket machine, which has become famous a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> That's another thing that has been a pleasant, uh, I don't want to say surprise, but a, a change from previous trends, let's say, um, that it uh, has, there have been more and more women coming to conventions. Which I, oh, yeah. I, yeah, which I think is awesome. It's, it's a great, it's a, you know, it's a great change comes. to have there. Um, you know, yeah. I, it, it's, so it's good that we can do more things like that. And because I think that'll be, it'll do good to, to bring more in and uh, yeah. have, have a little more uh, differences of opinion is ultimately what we need. Cause you know, sometimes if we get heated, you can bring us, you can, you can bring us back down to earth and you know, it's, it, the balance is very much needed. Happy to bring it. As a married <laughs> man, I can say that men behave better when their wives are present. <laughs> yeah. Or even female friends that helps too. Well, you know, I, I'll say right now, if my husband is in the next room and can hear this, he's already like champing at the bit to make a joke about this. He got sick last convention uh, and he ended up staying in the hotel room the whole time being sick. And he keeps busting on me saying that he's going to continue to not show up to things so that people say that he's a figment of my imagination. And I hear him. <laughs> wait, I'm just going to. I've wait. never actually met him in person. So up to this point, he still wait. is. We're going to chase him down. There he is. <laughs> okay. I caught a glimpse of him, but he might as well have been a leprechaun. Because <laughs> I only saw him for a fraction of a second. Where in the world is Autumn's husband? <laughs> you, you, I, you need to have him stand in a crowd and I'll have to like pick him out from a distance or something. Like where's, where's John? Like I'll where's Waldo? I'll just bring like a cutout on a stick. <laughs> Uh, uh, weekend weekend at John's. Like he'll just carry a stick yeah. around all weekend. It's just like where's Waldo? Yeah, totally. <laughs> anyway, so that's yeah. So he'll he'll get a little more mileage off of that joke, I'm sure. He threatens to not go to everything. He's not coming to the Christmas party this weekend, so he's really excited that that's on the list now too. Yeah, that's a good point. I should probably <laughs> uh, make a plug for the Christmas parties before we hop off. So. Great. Um, there are two, not one, but two Christmas parties uh, this coming weekend. So we have the Montgomery County Christmas Party, which is a tradition going back possibly longer than my involvement in the party. So it goes back a long ways. <clears throat> Tickets, as far as I know, are still available. 
and you can you can uh, buy those. I'll I'll post the link in a minute here. That is in. Um, I always get Pottsville and Pottstown mixed up, but it's in the one that's in uh, Montgomery County. I'll be I'll be able to say it in a minute. Um, the other one is just near State College that is hosted by Center County and the LPPA. Uh, so both of those parties are happening all night of the third. So if you were in the area of one of those events, then you can go attend. Uh, so while I'm getting those links, um, any final thoughts on anything that we talked about? Um, I mean, to echo a little bit what we were talking about earlier, I mean, I think there, there's definitely just because of how busy we've been, probably some people in uh, areas that have kind of slipped through the cracks and we're kind of looking to uh, chomping at the bit to in the next year, you know, work on that and trying to get more people plugged in that that maybe we've we've missed and haven't had a chance to follow up with. And there might be some people who, you know, joined but didn't get active right away, but because maybe, you know, they were busy, had things going on in their lives with work or family or, you know, they just wanted to join and sort of like, you know, see what was going on. And maybe they're, you know, haven't, you know, been found the, their niche yet. or haven't felt super comfortable to get involved. But, you know, now's the time. I think we're more in a position now than we've ever been to provide you with that support to help show you you know, now that we have the experience ourselves, we, we can show you and, and help you along the way with getting plugged in. And it doesn't have to be a whole lot at once, but, you know, if, if you believe in the things that, that we stand for in decentralization and uh, promoting, you know, peace and social cooperation, you know, at all areas of, of life and, you know, wanting to stand up against the the growing authoritarianism and tyranny that, uh, that that our ruling class elites, you know, continue to push down on us. And, you know, if you want to participate in that and be part of that, you know, now's the time. And um, we, we have the people with the experience and the resources to help you, whether that's helping you to start a county affiliate or to get involved and grow your county affiliate more or to uh, get involved on issue coalitions, if that's your passion, or if you want to, work work a you know run a campaign or uh help out on a campaign there's so many ways you can get involved and help and the nice thing is like it's not all going to be on you you don't have to feel like you have to get involved and do everything yourself because we got a lot of people a lot of organizers a lot of volunteers and so if you've been been sitting on the sidelines just because like you've been waiting for the right moment this is that moment and uh i'm really excited to be part of that to to see decentralized revolution uh, you know, uh, happened in 2023 and set up a certain, you know, potential presidential uh, run in 2024. And uh, the next two years are, are, are going to be a blast. They're, they're going to probably come with hiccups that we haven't even seen or foreseen, uh, can't even possibly foresee yet. Um, but that's life. And I'm just excited to be part of part of this group with with you, Calvin and you, Autumn, and the rest of the organizers and members. We have such an amazing crew. And um, you know, I'm just ready for that roller coaster ride and for all the challenges we'll, we'll overcome and the things we'll accomplish together. Autumn, you got anything to wrap us up? Um, no, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like I left it all on the table today. I think I think that the Mises Caucus, 
you know, I've, I've already alluded to the fact that I, I only came on board. It hasn't even been a full year. We're just rounding a year that I've been actively involved. I was a, a registered libertarian for many years prior, but, um, and it was only the Mises caucus that pulled me in. I was, I was railing against my company's vaccine mandate and standing up for a lot of people, even people I didn't agree with. And the Libertarian Party was nowhere to be seen. And that was why the Mises Caucus was doing what they were doing. Um, that was, let's say, that's an indicator of why they were doing what they were doing. And so I've been here just long enough to see kind of the the pile that we were left with when we did take over. And we have done an amazing job of pulling it back together. Um, and, and what's really sad is that there was probably some great stuff that was lost in that transition. And I'm, I'm so grateful for the people who aren't Mises, who have stayed plugged in, um, you know, because I wasn't here long enough to build any animosity towards anybody. So I'm just kind of like the middle child going like, hey, why can't we get along? So it's really nice um, seeing seeing the people that are working to keep everybody friendly and cohesive and and make us all better. And I'm, I'm amazed at the at the change that I'm seeing from when I got active and then got to see how things were really working to how I see things are already improving. It's amazing. I'm so proud to be part of the movement and I appreciate you guys. Thanks. Well, well thank you very much, Autumn and Jacob. Uh, that was a good way as any to wrap it up. So I'll just do a, a quick recap of the things that we talked about. So uh, Mises Caucus uh, is doing the Project Decentralized Revolution and Run as Libertarian, uh, as well as the Take Human Action Tour. So the websites uh, for that right now are projectdecentralizedrevolution.com. We have runaslibertarian.com for candidates, uh, takehumanaction.com to sign up for or donate to the Mises Caucus. And then we also have um, the holiday parties. I'm not going to read those links out. Um, and then these if you're in pennsylvania we will be sending out the call to human action uh, shortly you'll be getting uh texted emailed a bunch of different contacts about that uh, so we'll be publishing that shortly and the last thing which i i can't believe i didn't remember it up to this point the last day to join as a member to participate in the business of the state convention is two days from now December 3rd. So make sure you sign up for uh, membership by then if you are not a member already. So that's lppa.org slash contribute slash join, which I will also put in the comments. I am glad I remember to say that because that's kind of important. We'll put <laughs> so it first in our follow-up communications. We'll move it up. Yeah. So if you want to participate in the business, that's when you got to do it. That's when you got to sign up. So um uh just threw that in the comments as well and i think i will end it at that point so thanks again everyone for joining and uh we'll talk to you next week we'll have uh torin danowski on to talk about uh, what he's been doing recently with uh don't tread on philly and with some of the uh cultural issues that he's tackling so i'm looking forward to talking to him about that so until then, uh, don't forget to take human action and have a good night.
Good night. Oh.